This week's Torah portion is called Parashat Emor. It derives its name, like all Torah portions, from the first identifiable word, the, word, the first central word of the new weekly passage. And that word is emor. It means to say or to speak. And this is how the Parsha begins. Vayomer Adonai Moshe, and God spoke to Moses, emor el hakoanim ve'amarta alehem. And God said to Moses, emor el hakoanim, speak to the koanim, the priests, and speak to them. The word emor is repeated twice. And then uh, Moses uh, describes uh, the laws, the various laws and restrictions of uh, the priests, including immediately after these words, the restriction not to come into contact with a dead body, uh, which by the way, is still a tradition that it's observed by uh, traditional Jews. Uh, often people with the name of Cohen or Kaplan or Kagan, they avoid uh, cemeteries. Uh, so the sages noticed the unusual construct of the first verse. Vayomer Adonai Moshe, and God spoke to Moses, Emor lehem, speak to the Kohanim and speak to them. What the Bible no doubt means on its literal level is, and God spoke to Moses saying, speak to the Kohanim, the priests, and say to them, or speak to the priests and instruct them about the following. But of course, the rabbis who poured over every letter of the Bible with such loving concern over centuries, they asked why the rather clunky the repetition of uh, the word to say, emor, twice. Why didn't the Torah simply say, say to the priests and instruct them in the following laws and provisions. The Talmud relates to this. And the Talmud tells us the reason that the word emor is repeated twice is lehazhir gdolim al-haktanim, to provide a special warning, a repeated warning of those who have, who are big, gdolim, al-haktanim, to warn the big people in their relationship with the little people. Now, what the, what the Talmud was getting at specifically was that just as the priests, so to speak, the religious parents, the spiritual parents of the people, uh, had an obligation not to come into contact with something forbidden that might mislead the people or lead them astray. So parents have an obligation to their children and adults have an obligation to minors not to lead them astray. And the Talmud is specifically concerned about forbidden foods, unkosher food. And that's a pretty good lesson, actually, uh, for our times as well, that, that parents have an obligation to act properly in front of their children. Children notice everything. Adults have an obligation to act properly in the presence of minors. Just as the priests have a responsibility to those who are tanim, who are smaller in them, with, than them with respect to their responsibilities, so too. Uh, adults have a responsibility 
uh, to minors, parents have a responsibility towards their kids. Lehazir gdolim al haktanim. Bigger people have a responsibility to smaller people. And once the Talmud laid down that principle, around uh, four or 500 CE, then the next 1500 years of Jewish tradition has been a master class about what constitutes big people and small people. Who are the big people? And of course, the rabbis in the rabbinic tradition over the last millennia and a half didn't confine themselves only to adults and minors, bigger people and smaller people, parents and children. They then expanded this uh, principle to include people who are big in responsibility, big in status, big in earnings, big in public prestige. Beware, they said, in your relationship with the smaller people, those who have less influence than you. You are big in authority. You're big in influence. Beware how you interact with those who don't have the same level of responsibility as you do. And beware that you not lead them astray. And thus in Jewish tradition, and as you know, that's how Jewish tradition develops. Uh, it takes a word in the Bible and the meaning of that word never ends. It's unlike other text-based religious traditions uh, where uh, the, there is one meaning forever frozen in time, which tends to lead to a stultification uh, of uh, that uh, tradition. In Judaism, every word is open to interpretation and reinterpretation on any given day. That's what keeps Judaism alive and thriving and vital. So uh, in Jewish tradition, for the last 1500 years, the rabbis have taken this rather clunky verse where the word to say, emor, is repeated twice to teach us about the responsibility that big people with big jobs and big responsibilities have towards those who are smaller in their status, prestige, earnings, and responsibilities. And the sages cautioned, if you have a high status and responsibility, say a public official, a judge, a rabbi, a clergyman or woman, if you are a role model, beware of all of the little things that can trip you up. Beware of those small transgressions that because of your reputation and because of your standing actually become magnified and they become much bigger than had you not had that responsibility. And in a beautiful metaphor, one of the rabbis of our tradition stated, you know, even a small stain on a white silk shirt stands out more than the same stain on a more common shirt. And then he comments further, and in the light of day, a small stain can be seen much more prominently than that very stain, not in the light of day, in darkness. The more lofty the position, the more public it is, the more noticeable 
are even small transgressions that we might not notice otherwise. A judge who violates the speed limit is more consequential, that transgression is more consequential than a cab driver who violates the speed limit. A teacher who cheats on her uh, licensing exam is more consequential than a student who cheats on his math class. Now, don't get me wrong. Cheating is always wrong. If there are young people listening, don't cheat. Don't cheat on your exams. But somebody who is supposed to be your role model, that very transgression, the same transgression, is more consequential. A clergy man or woman who violates private morality is much more consequential, that transgression is much more serious than a member of the congregation who might commit the same transgression. A president of a country who consistently insults people who are ktanim, who are lower in responsibility, smaller in prestige, smaller in influence, stands out more and affects the behavior of more people than say two New Yorkers who are shouting at each other. And one of the sages concludes with these words, the one who is truly exemplary is the one who sees his own weaknesses, her own flaws, even though they are minor. And then another sage added, why the repetition of the word amor? to warn the great leaders of the people that they should make themselves smaller towards the little people. Don't lord it over the people. That's not leadership in the Jewish sense. These are good lessons for our time, wouldn't you say? It's good to remind ourselves that Judaism never tolerated Big people with big jobs, big responsibility, big authority. Judaism never tolerated that these people would allow themselves something different, some special privilege that they disallowed to others uh, and to thus abuse their responsibility, their standing, their trust in the community. Our tradition insisted that every human being is equal in the sight of God. Every human being is created in the image of God. And therefore, to allow yourself something that you don't allow somebody else, to lord it over the people, to take advantage of your bigness, to diminish people who are not quite as big in responsibility or social status, is not only hypocrisy or unfairness, it's actually to violate something much more fundamental in Jewish thinking. It is to violate the image of God that is inherent in each of us. Each of us, every human being was created in the image of God. And furthermore, I wanna to suggest to you, now we see more clearly today in our times, during these difficult days, that the smaller people, the so-called people, the so-called smaller people, the people who don't make as much money as others, who don't have high, as high as big prestige, uh, who don't have as big a social status, who don't have the kind of lofty position that others in our society have, the big and great, 
that those people who we considered small, they're actually pretty great. They're pretty big in a sense of public responsibility. They're pretty big in a sense of courage. They go to work every day. They drive the subways and the buses every day. There are nurses and medical personnel who come to work every day out of a sense of public responsibility. And that's pretty big. And the ones who have bigger responsibility, who always are considered by others and by themselves as high and mighty and lofty, they don't necessarily respond in that way. These ktanim, these smaller people, are actually pretty great. And they are the ones who are helping to keep this society from unraveling during these very difficult days. I love the following concluding words from George Eliot's Middlemarch. She wrote, the growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number of people who lived faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. Shabbat shalom.